There's plenty of bad news out there. How about some good news? The book of Proverbs says that good news from a far country is like cold waters to a thirsty soul. I'm glad you're listening, because I do have good news. It's from a far country, so get out a tall glass. You should remember that song. These are dear Christians from Zaporozhye, Ukraine, singing a song in Russian that says, I believe, I believe, It's the theme music we have for Ukrainian updates. And here at the end of the year, when most of us will be roasting chestnuts over an open fire, or wassailing with our friends and family, we should remember that sadly, parts of the world like Israel, Gaza, and Ukraine are in open conflict and are not experiencing the power of the Prince of Peace, or at least not in an overt sense. Because that Prince of Peace is not without power. Did he not say, all power is given unto me? And so the unbelievers ask, If God loves people, or if God even exists, why is there so much suffering and war and devastation in the world? There's different answers to that question. But one answer is that there is no peace on earth because people are living for their own Godhead, for their own power, for their own glory. People have wars and fightings among ourselves because the Bible says we lust selfishly. And yes, King Jesus could stop all wars. He could set up a social justice system and an agricultural system whereby men would beat their swords into plowshares. In fact, he has promised to do just that. That day is coming. But the power of the Holy Spirit is being wielded today in a spiritual sense, in a spiritual way, convicting men of their selfishness and sin. The Lord of the harvest exercises his power, not always to stop bullets and bombs, but to show his protection through the bullets and his peace despite the artillery fire. Through war, the Lord shows many the vanity of this world. And this is indeed happening in Ukraine. Now, before we get into some testimonies from Ukraine, I want to back up a little and give you the stage from Gospel Inc.'s point of view. We are involved with over 70 national preachers in Ukraine. These men and their wives are in full-time ministry to their own countrymen. But thousands of these Ukrainians have been dispersed. And, of course, the same can be said for many of the Gospel Inc. national preachers. I have eaten lunch in Vladimir Stebluk's apartment, but he had to flee that apartment and is now in Germany. Maxim Gruba is in Lithuania. Vladislav Rudenko is in Poland. Nikolai Zhilovin is in Norway. The list goes on. And since you don't know these dear brothers personally, I do not want to inundate you with names and places, but I know them by face. And of course, there are many sponsors who, though they have never seen these men, They have supported these men's ministries for years through Gospel Inc. They care about them. But now what? 
This war with Russia has disrupted many ministries as well as personal lives. Pastor Gennady Pilipenko is a pastor from Kharkov. I met him back in 2009, but recently Gennady asked for prayer and he made a suggestion to me. I'm going to share these with you, but first let me tell you about Gennady Pilipenko's situation. Like I said, he lives in Kharkov. I've been to Kharkov. <laughs> Not recently. Kharkov is situated only 19 miles from the border of Russia. On February 24th, 2022, Russian forces crossed the border and immediately captured a town called Vovchansk. Part of the Russian forces moved south toward the city of Izum, but the rest of the military began encircling the city of Kharkov. Now, Kharkov is the second largest city in Ukraine, so we're talking a million and a half people at least. In two days, the situation was dire. The governor of the province announced a curfew, and he told people that any non-military vehicles on the street after curfew would be liquidated. In the first week of the war, United States officials reported that the heaviest fighting of all was taking place for Kharkov. By February 27th, two companies of the Russian 2nd Guard Spitsnaz Brigade had entered the city limits of Kharkov. However, these companies were soon cut off from the regular army as they advanced into the city. The Russians reported that 471 Ukrainians had surrendered. Ukraine denied these reports. And in two days, the Ukrainian forces had repelled the Russians back outside of the city and had dug in to defend future advances. Wait a minute, Dean, you're saying. This is supposed to be a cup of good news. What are the people of God doing? So yes, you know by now that Russia was unsuccessful in their attempt to conquer Ukraine as a country. They have taken some land and they have taken prisoners. But they were never able to occupy Kharkov. But again, what is God doing there? Igor Parashich has never been individually sponsored through Gospel Inc. But this is his story. I think our family was not the only family which war with Russia took by surprise. The first emotions in my mind and my heart were confusion, fear, and even misunderstanding of what was happening. But the power of life that the Lord gives calmed and filled my soul with peace. We saw people praying for each other day and night. They used social media to do so, as well as to meet together person to person. We could follow how many risked their lives trying to evacuate victims from dangerous areas. Sometimes fear gripped me so strongly. But watching the church, my spiritual brothers and sisters, gave me courage. I thank God for his power. Without it, I would never have done what our family did. We were following Instagram, and we saw a desperate request put forward by a young mother. I beg you to take me from Moskovsky Prospect to the South Station, she says. I have two small children, three and five years old. This plea came on the fifth day of the war, which was happening with street fighting in the city fighter planes flying, constant bombing. 
we recognize the address and we see it is not so far from us. My wife and I thought that maybe we need to respond. We phoned the young woman to see if we could help her, but then we get even worse news. Niet, niet, ashimka, she says. That is not the right address. You are mistaken. I'm on Saltovka, Bushma Street. When my wife and I hear this, we are frozen. We also know Bushma Street. This is terrible shelling zone. At that moment, I must say that my wife and I, we are not Isaiah. Because Isaiah hears voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Isaiah says, Here am I, send me. But what should I do? On the one hand, there is fear, and on the other, there is a mother with two children asking for help. We wrote the request for prayer to our church telegram group, and trusting in God's mercy, we headed out. I am driving in my car, in a war. There's whistling and thundering all around, bombs, rockets. And yet, as we are driving, we clearly feel God's protection. We know there are warriors of prayer from our church who stood in the gap for us. We arrived at this school building. This woman was hiding there from the bombing, but she is not alone. We went into the basement, and there were hundreds of people sitting in fear, uncertainty. So many people surrounded us. They are asking us questions. They are crying. They are asking for our help. My wife and I, we prayed with different people. We leave our phone number with them, and we took the lady with her children out. So this is how we unexpectedly ended up answering like Isaiah in our hearts. Here am I, Lord, send me. I must say I am very touched by the care and participation of the brothers and sisters who went to other cities. They did not sit back in peace and quiet. They were one with us, even though we work in different areas. There was one time we have great need for medicines. I get many calls asking for necessary medicines, but what to do? How and where to get them? Because all pharmacies are closed. There are two Christian brothers who used to live in Kharkov, but now they moved to western Ukraine and live in Lviv. Alexei Kavalenko and Pasha Sakharov. These two spend their own money and their energy and time to help us all the way across the country. They look for medicines in Lviv, standing in line for days, and then they look for way and opportunity to transport all this to Kharkov. I see that wherever Christians live, we are one. We are brothers and sisters. We are the church and the body of Christ. And talk about youth activities? I greatly admire the selfless care for complete strangers that our young teenagers show. A group of young people from Kharkov go to deliver food and medicine to those parts of the city where none of the government volunteers dare to go. On one of their trips, they met an elderly lady on the street. She is in big need of medical help. So they go to hospitals throughout Kharkov. And they are asking medical workers to come and see this lady. But when they learn about this location and what part of the city she is living, the doctors simply refuse. So the young people searched. And they found a Christian doctor, Natasha Malova. 
this Dr. Malava agreed to go with them, and she went to provide the assistance for this dear lady. I know God commanded Joshua many years ago to be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I witnessed such courage and confidence many times in the body of Christ. After a few weeks, we learned that the occupiers from Russia have left the city of Kupiansk. I have relatives who live in Kupiansk and many other friends. A group of us were moved to organize a trip to take humanitarian aid. Another pastor friend of mine, Vladimir Kravchenkov, was the main organizer of this trip. But as we are getting ready, we receive news from different sources that warned us we cannot go, we should not go. It is dangerous. The news was that the army would not let us through. I called Vladimir and I told him my doubts, but Vladimir answers, We are going. God will guide us. I am firm in my decision. Thank God for his firmness. The trip took place. And there are many such examples in the life of the church. I thank the Lord for our church, filled with such different but living components people through whom we learn and whom we are encouraged. It is true, we are growing and changing and we are simply living in Christ. Indeed, this war, though destroying much, has given our brothers and sisters in Christ the opportunity to show forth his courage and his service. Listen to the testimony of Stanislav from Kharkov. My name is Stanislav. I am 48 years old. As I look back on my life, I have begun to understand that the Lord has constantly been with me, protecting me from all sorts of dangers and troubles, and He is trying for many years to reach my heart. My mother became a believer in 1990. I was 16. And when the USSR collapses, times are exciting for young people. My mother often talked to me about God, read verses from the New Testament, and she asked me to read the New Testament myself. I always had some excuses. At best, I read one page just to make Mama happy. As I became a young man, there were many worries in my life. I worked two jobs. I had a family. There was no time left for God. Now, I believed that God exists. Sometimes I even came to church services. And sometimes I pray to God because my needs are so great but I was still living far away from him. And then Russia invades and war began. Despite living in Kharkov, I see that the Lord is with me. We cannot leave Ukraine, but by the month of March, my family safely evacuates and reaches Western Ukraine. My sister's husband has relatives there who provide us with housing. Now my country is at war. I am a refugee. I have no job. I have a lot of free time. One day, having picked up the New Testament, I began to read it and I could not stop. Every day I read several chapters with interest and I read the whole thing completely in a short time. In the process of reading, I realized what Jesus did for me personally when he voluntarily went to great suffering for my sins. Together with my mother and sister, I began to attend church services. There are Christians from Kiev and from all over Ukraine. Part of it is the circumstances, 
but also the messages and the singing were so rich. Every day these services were a living source which gave me joy, gave me vitality. I felt how God was touching me. He changed my thoughts. He changed my attitude towards life, and He revealed His truths to me. I also experienced what the body of Christ is. For three weeks, these committed Christians worked voluntarily with no pay. They showed great kindness and care and genuine love for the refugees. From this selfless work, I received great satisfaction myself, and I have never before experienced such satisfaction and peace. I lived without God for so many years, and I know He hates my sins. But I have repented, and God has forgiven me because of Jesus Christ. I have now returned to Kharkov, and I am now regularly attending worship services, as well as a Bible study group. I am now very happy that I have found the salvation in Jesus Christ. And here's one more from a man named Igor Paroshin, 61 years old. I was born in 1962. For a Soviet family, we were fairly prosperous. My parents brought me up with kindness and love, but God was nowhere in our lives. As I grew up, my soul looked for entertainment. I started drinking. That was empty. I had a good mind, so I read a lot. But I never got around to the main book from God. My life was not clean. When I got married, we were young people who only wanted to have fun. And we did not think about God. At the same time, I had some idea of God, and my soul was a little drawn to the Lord, a little interested. I watched the Soviet Union break up. I watched the ups and downs of politics in Ukraine and in Russia. Oh, how is it that the person needs dramatic or tragic events for him to understand that there is emptiness in his soul? Just before I turned 60 years old, the war with Russia began. So many questions, so many uncertainties. I had a neighbor who suggested that I go to church. I came to the church. Like most of the other non-church people, I was looking for food or for some help. But it was there that I heard the Word of God. This experience of hearing and seeing the Christians finally broke through the armor of my unbelief. I remember at the end of one service, there was a call to repentance. I thought to myself, ah, I, I'll repent later. I'll wait a little bit. Think about it. But at that time, it was as if someone pushed me from behind and said, Stop hesitating. Don't hesitate. Go forward. I am waiting for you. That day, I went forward. I repented publicly before the Lord and before the church. And a few months later after that, I was baptized because I was serious. Pastor Pilipenko asked me one time what kind of changes I have seen in my life. Oh, I had a lot of anger. I hated people. But the Lord has changed me. He has changed my character and my heart. People were they bothered to me. Uh, but now I even speak with kindness to strangers. My wife and I stop quarreling. Whenever a conflict arises between us, all I have to do is simply look at the Bible, and it makes me feel better. My wife also attends church with me. She has also repented and soon will be baptized. 
I know that the Lord loves me. He has used a war to bring a prodigal son back to him. And now I am a completely different person. Hundreds of civilians from Kharkov have died in the last 22 months. But death is not the only thing occurring in Kharkov. I have more testimonies than I had time to share with you in this episode. But I think you have seen a glimpse, a glimpse of our brothers and sisters, the body of Christ in Kharkov, Ukraine. Their hands are providing help. Their heart is filled with courage in the face of danger. And their feet are shod with the preparation of a gospel that brings peace, a gospel that delivers from the second death. When the war started, Gosplank opened up a Ukrainian crisis fund, and dozens of you showed your love and support for the Ukrainian church by giving to that fund. Some gave thousands, and some could only give small amounts. But every gift is counted by the Lord, and they all add up. And Gosplank made sure that 100% of those funds were sent to Ukraine. Pastor Pilipenko in Kharkov has received some of those funds. In previous podcasts, I've related how Gospelink preachers have used those funds in their ministry to thousands of refugees, buying food and blankets, clothes, and even tennis shoes for children. Following Pastor Pilipenko's recent suggestion and request, Gospelink has begun a new and specific fund, which will not be for a particular preacher, but the money in this fund will be put in the hands of Christian workers involved in the evangelism efforts and the ministries in the most needy cities of Ukraine, especially Kharkov and Zaporozhye. Gospel Inc. calls this fund the Evangelism and Outreach Initiative for Ukraine. Would you consider giving monthly to this work? I don't ask for contributions every episode, but as the new year dawns upon us, you could be a great blessing to our brothers and sisters by tangibly strengthening their hands and resources in the coming year. In return for your monthly donation, you will get a report every quarter of who and how your monthly gift was used in Ukraine, something similar to what you heard in this episode. Please pray about it. The Evangelism and Outreach Initiative Fund for Ukraine. I'll put a link on cupofgoodnews.org. And please, if you have any questions, email me at dean at cupofgoodnews.org. That's dean at cupofgoodnews.org. This world is a world of destruction, but our God is a God of salvation, not just here, but in Ukraine. And that, my friends, is good news.